0: Hello, Jamie. Hello, Matt. And welcome, everybody. This is Nine to When, the podcast for business owners that just don't stop, brought to you by Iwaka. What have we got on Matt?
1: We've got a few things this week, Jamie. Um, I'm bringing to the table a news story about a mobile rental agency. Not going to say much more than that. Sounds fun. And the innovation, uh, I'm going to be talking about the trend of people now renting clothes for a lot more than just weddings uh, and fancy events.
0: Great. I am going to look at a new story about a Small Business Awards brought to you by the FSB. And I am also looking at an invention, which is from Frankie Zapata, and it's a hoverboard that flies in the sky. Ooh, very Back to the Future. Sounds fun. Just quickly, Jamie, uh, FSB... Not the Russian secret police, Ah, good. but the Federation of Small Businesses. Better, yes. I hope you've heard of them.
1: I have, yeah, very well. Yeah.
0: Good, good. And then we go into our finance explained section, where we I basically quiz Matt on different <laughs> things to do with business finance. Up on this episode, we are looking at merchant cash advances, what they are, how they work, and the ins and outs of those. Something I know quite a bit about, I hope. I would hope that you do as well. And then we finally get into our section that we both love, now renamed Brilliant or Bonkers, where we look at the best inspirational and inverted commas business quotes and decide whether they are brilliant or bonkers for small businesses. We've talked about this, Jamie. You can't use inverted commas on a podcast. I'm going to continue to make it a thing. Right, okay. Visualised, audiobook. But before we get into all of that, you've been on holiday, haven't you?
1: I have, yes. Thank you for asking. Oh, that's good. Where did you go? Uh, I had a really exciting trip, so I went to a place called the UK. <laughs> yes, I have heard of it. Oh yeah, so um, what I found out is it's not, um, where's that place you like? Not Bali, okay. um, but it's just as pretty. I effectively Don't look at me like that. It is just as pretty as Bali. I am dubious. Well, have you seen the inside of a hotel in Bali? Have you seen
0: the inside of a British hotel in...
1: Anywhere? Anywhere. Right. (laughs) Um, Yes, I take your point. No, I I really enjoyed it. I didn't really want to get away. It was more a case of uh, just taking a break and recharging a bit. The autumn's quite quiet for us. It quietens down a little bit, much like it does everyone else, I think. Summer holidays, school holidays. Where did you go? Uh, so, I just travelled around, went to East Anglia where the family are, uh, saw some friends in Norwich, toured up to Manchester. You know, the highest north I went was Manchester. <laughs> so, that's quite far for me in Essex Point. Still half the country south. Yes, yeah, yeah. so there's quite a bit to go, I realised. But um, no, it was it was just really nice to take a break.
0: And is that why you've chosen rental campervans as your news topic? It would have been helpful, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um, it's something I saw this week, I just thought it was brilliant. No, yeah, that was it. But we'll get on to it. We, oh, you want to go into it now? Yes, please. That oh, was my, my that cue, cue for the
0: segue, was that you will go into the news piece oh, now. <laughs> I entirely missed that. I can see.
1: So, okay, yeah, rental rental campervans, rental motorhomes. Um, there's a business come out called Camplify. Uh, so, what Camplify do is they're effectively like the Airbnb for campervans, motorhomes, caravans. Um, what you can do, uh, sign up as a, as a vehicle owner. Um, where you are not using your vehicle, you can then rent it out to people so they can make use of it and pay you for the privilege.
0: So people basically come to your house, hook yep. up your camper van, Got it. and then return it at some spe- unspecified, specified point in the future? You hope
1: so, don't you? <laughs> um, it's a bit more official than that, I hope. Um, effectively, the way the company works it is so Camplify will take a deposit from the borrower. Um, they will then charge a commission on the fee, so they earn their, their money there. And then yeah, effectively the person turns up they get to see it listed, much like you would Airbnb. and They can choose what type of motorhome, campervan or caravan they'd like.
0: Please tell me their star ratings. I have no idea. This campervan is 3.8
1: stars. I, well, there would be, wouldn't there? Nowadays, <laughs> everything's on a star rating. Um, so, yeah, your small one-man caravan has probably got a lower rating than a, a Winnebago, for example.
0: Do they do tents? I would love it if they did tents as well. But you're a
1: camper, aren't you?
0: <laughs> yes, I, I have stayed in one caravan once Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere in South Africa for a month by myself.
1: Sounds sociable. Yes, (laughs) it was a
0: bit um, Christopher McAdliss, sort of into the wild. But um, So no, I haven't really experienced the delights of British camping.
1: Okay, well you are missing out. Um, Roughly, I think it's 40% of UK adults have been camping in a caravan or or a camper van and say they would go again. 40%
0: 40% of all adults in the UK have been camping or caravanning, and they would do it again? Yes. Wow, that's that's quite strong, especially considering that, you know, 1990s, it wasn't exactly the most popular thing to do, was it? Well, I don't know.
1: My family went away we loads in caravans, yeah. Jamie. What are you saying? Is this why you follow that hashtag of yours, uh,
0: hashtag vanlife?
1: I do indeed. Hashtag van life. Fantastic. So, um, for those of you who don't know, and I know this includes you, Jamie... Um, hashtag van life on Instagram effectively allows you to follow people taking photos of their motorhomes, car- uh, camper vans um, as they travel around the world and the different rigs and setups they've got inside their vans. What's your rig and setup in your VW Golf? <laughs> <laughs> Steering wheel, brake, clutch, accelerator. Very basic. And then what I do is I push the uh, seat all the way down. <laughs> Um, but no, it's this that in itself is an incredible. Hashtag van life. I found out it's got four point uh, four point six million photos on Instagram with that hashtag. That's quite incredible.
0: It's amazing. Uh, I think it's an amazing um, object aside. It's uh, caravans take up. Probably the front of people's driveways for years at a time. So before like for like one holiday in the summer. So yeah, exactly. being able to use that seems like a really novel business idea. And this
1: this is exactly where it came from, I think. So the company's come over from Australia. Uh, they worked out and their research says that people typically would use their their vehicles for two to four weeks a year. So exactly that, eleven months of the year, your your campervan motor is just sitting on the driveway. Um, and people are starting to capitalise on it. So there's, uh, there's two chaps with Simon and Steve. Um, they've doubled their fleet in a year. <laughs> and they've got a fleet of camper vans. It is, it, it is good, isn't it? I would love to have a fleet of anything. Um, but a fleet of camper vans is what they have. They both earned £10,000 over the last year. Uh, I think it was 110 people went on holiday in their, in their vehicles, and they've just put the money straight back in to buy two more camper vans. And they're going to make a, a business out of it. So yeah. it's, it's been
0: brilliant. Move over, Eddie, Eddie Stobard. We've got Stephen Stephen Simon. Stephen Simon. Exactly. Nice. Um, yeah.
1: So that, that's that's what I'm bringing in with uh, in terms of what's going on in the in the UK business this like this week for me. Summer holidays. I'm sure there's lots of people going caravaning, um, and yeah, maybe give Camplify a look if you're ever trying to figure out one night uh, when you're going off to a wedding, when you're going off to see friends, and you don't want to pay for hotel.
0: Okay. I think that that we can safely say is a is a great business idea, which hopefully is a is a bit of a weak segue, but it's into my news story, which is about that the Federation of Small Businesses is launching the Celebrating Small Business Awards for 2020.
1: But we're in 2019, we?
0: Yeah, well, well done, Matt. You know how old you are as well. No. <laughs> you just don't want to say on air, really, isn't it? That's that's what it is. Basically, they're doing a shout-out all for the remainder of this year, go, going into spring of next year, to find great uh, British businesses, the the best small businesses up and down the country, on both a regional level and a national level. Okay. Now, my question to you is, what do you think makes a good small business?
1: Um... Can I say profit?
0: Mm, it's kind of cynical or a bit Gordon gecko.
1: Perhaps, yes. <laughs> um, I'd say be comfortable where you are and what you're doing and knowing what you're trying to achieve, whether you're a lifestyle or you're trying to grow to become a monster.
0: I think that that's quite a good answer, if I'm to be honest. And it's something that the FSB has uh, recognized. They have 12 categories um, from well-being in a small business to environmental business, digital e-commerce, high growth business, sole trader, micro business of the year, startup business, young entrepreneur, business and product innovation award, family business of the year, international business of the year, and community business of the year. Wow, that was a that was a lot. You should have put some commas in there. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to put them in. The Basically, why I thought that this was quite an interesting news story is mm. it reflects a lot of why people go and have a small business. It's not to become a big business and be an entrepreneur and crush it like Gordon Gecko on Wall Street. You're not really going to get that with, say, an angling company who specializes in
1: fishing tackle, do you think? I, don't, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um and no, definitely from the amount of uh, categories you listed, it certainly seems to cover everything. But that's it, isn't it? The Federation of Small Businesses is geared towards helping smaller micro-enterprises in the UK. Um, they've got member support all up, all around the country. They're doing events. You'll see them at the business show. You'll see them at the finance show. Um, and you'll see them doing local regional shows. So if you are in that segment, then these categories definitely would work for you. Um, i used to new used to know and still know a few people that work for the FSB and in that circle. And yeah, I think it's, it's a fantastic organization for what it does. If you are looking to grow, as you say, saying, you are looking for those sunny heights and going for to become a medium enterprise, a giant corporation, then eventually you're probably gonna outgrow the FSB so it wouldn't be relevant. I think for the people there, brilliant.
0: Yep, and if you're interested in entering one of these categories, then you can go to fsbawards.co.uk. If you do, and you've heard it from this podcast, definitely send us an email and tell us why you've entered and for what category. We'd love to know about listeners who are entering for because they feel that they have um, an innovative solution, for instance, or they, they believe that their well-being is some of the best in the country. These are all stories that we want to know about. Absolutely. So Definitely. Chuck us an email at podcast at iwaka.co.uk and um, yeah, we'll see if we can feature you on the
1: show at some point. Yeah, well, we've got a few months till the uh, ceremonies are, are going to be happening, I take it.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's going to be in spring 2020. I don't think there's a specific date just yet. But as you say, fsbawards.co.uk and let us know if you apply. Fantastic. That was our new section. Now we go into our innovation section where each week we look at exciting inventions, innovations brought to you by small businesses and just quirky inventors just to see what we can learn from them. And I believe, Matt, as you mentioned in the beginning, you've, um, you've gone really out of the box
1: from your first work <laughs> and focused on rental stuff. I know. So, entirely different, as you can tell. So, where I was previously talking about renting caravans and camper vans, now I'm discussing fashion. Okay. Ex- rental fashion. Different. Rental fashion. Rental fashion, rental clothing. So, a few years ago, a couple of companies started coming out. Uh, you may know a few of them. So, you've got ASOS. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, so ASOS, and the, the model there is that you uh, order your clothes online, they're delivered in a few days, and then if you don't like them or they don't fit, you can just pop them back in the bag and send them back to ASOS. Yep. They'll just refund you. Uh, nothing, no problems, away you go. What I noticed with a few friends is that what they were doing is quite naughty, is that they were ordering clothes, wearing them for one night or one event, and then returning them the next day. When
0: you say a few friends... Mm-hmm. Am I using air
1: quotes for this? No, certainly not. It was not me. Uh, I am a boring man in that I will order things and go, yeah, that'll do. Even (laughs) if I'm told by my friends they don't suit me or fit me, it'll be fine. My idea of fashion, Jamie, is wearing a flowery shirt once in a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very advanced. Thank you. I thought so.
1: Um, So what's happened here is that there's a few businesses that have been doing this already uh, in the U.S. So there's a company called Rent the Runway.
0: Yep, I've heard of them. Yep,
1: so Rent the Runway um, originally started doing uh, this concept for simply for runway fashion models so that if you were going to an event you could be on the the top level of fashion at the time, rent an outfit and then return it afterwards uh, and pay for the rental. You've always been able to do this, obviously, for things like tuxedos. So if you're going to smart events or ball gowns or wedding dresses, whatever it might be, you can, you know, for high end events, you could typically rent the items. Yep. The new business is coming in slightly below there. Would be uh, something like My Wardrobe HQ. So founded by Sasha Newell. Um, Sasha came over from the car share industry.
0: It's a bit of a jump, isn't it, to go from cars to uh, clothes?
1: I'd agree, yes, it's not a normal movement. Does she have a camper van? <laughs> I didn't ask her. <laughs> Maybe in my <laughs> sight I should have done. But so she came over from CarShare where they're currently saying that every car that they, sh- they rent out to be shared takes 11 cars off the road for people that just don't really use them but keep them anyway. Well, that's quite a lot. And if that concept crosses over, then hopefully it can do a lot to reducing say, textile waste um, and just generally returns. So the amount of money that must get wasted in companies where they are dealing with returns and not just looking at something like ASOS. This is, pro- this is something that is impacting small businesses as well, I'm sure, where people are returning items because they don't like them or for whatever reason.
0: Do you think it's going to have a bad or a negative impact on fashion designers, especially independent fashion
1: designers? I don't think so because fashion is always going to be the forefront and the, and the front end. So if you are an independent fashion designer, you're creating things that have a target audience of people that want the most up to date. Anything that's going to be rented needs to be somewhat mainstream because you need to have the mass production behind it to provide the items that you can then rent out. It's not as easy as you know, not as easy as having three shirts of different sizes and hoping that they aren't all out at the same time. You're going to need supply <laughs> behind there, aren't you? Um, yeah. So I think the small businesses in that respect should be fine. But what I'm most excited about and why I did boringly go back to rentals again is because this actually should have an impact on the environment uh, okay. in a slightly roundabout way. In the, in the oceans, there's apparently around 35% of all microplastics in the oceans are from textiles. And the textile industry, so from clothing and related we industries. Um,
0: and, I mean, there's that Pacific garbage dump and everything. There's something, I mean, yeah. yeah, plastic waste in the oceans is, is a really hot topic now. So if, if 35% of that comes from clothes or, or the microfibers that are the really hard ones to, like, break down and get into the fish, then that's quite significant. Yeah,
1: and that's why I wanted to bring it up. I thought, you know, in terms of that, I'm a big lover of David Attenborough. I like... Can you rent beyond- him? You can't rent David no. oh, Well, that'd if you be pay great. him enough, he'll come and do a TV show for you, but I don't think he's just registers himself. Get him
0: and live narrate in your house when you're watching, uh, watching Blue Planet or something. Double be, narration, yeah.
1: fantastic. You put it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of that, though, um, that is one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up, so I'm, I'm quite keen on that. You talking about oceans, your innovation is pretty much the same, isn't it? A crossing at least.
0: Well, let's say pretty much the same. One is a worthy way of reducing the amount of plastics in our ocean. The other one is a way of crossing it on a hoverboard which is basically what my story is about strapping jets to yourself and seeing how fast you can go across a body of water no this is the news item that you i'm sure you all have seen recently that french inventor frankie zapata successfully crossed the english channel on his second attempt recently on what jamie on a flyboard a flyboard is a hoverboard but with miniature jet engines strapped to the bottom and a computer to stabilize it all and you basically just fly through the air completely free as a bird and this is exactly what he did crossing the entirety of the English Channel. Um, it sounds very safe. Yes, in fact, it, well he actually did have a bit of a mishap in his previous attempt earlier in July. Yeah. Uh, he tried to land to refuel and mm. uh, the wave was choppier than expected and he basically fell overboard.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's not ideal with a with massive weight strapped to your feet.
0: Weight and electrics and electronics—it's um, yeah, not ideal at all. But fair yeah. play to him. Not only did he um, did he get back on his hoverboard on his horse on his hoverboard, get back on his hoverboard. Calm down, Marty. <laughs> and um, he yeah, a week later was straight across. That's um, amazing, isn't it? I have absolutely no idea what this invention will be used for. <laughs> but if it's anything like his previous invention, which was also the, uh, the, called a flyboard, uh, but right. instead of a flyboard air, sorry, I need to be specific. Flyboard air is what you use when you hover in the sky. Got it? Flyboard is what you use when you go to those water parks and you strap and you use the water to jet you up into really,
1: really high. Oh, uh, okay, so it's the adult version of if you hold a hose pipe and it flings around in your hand. It's like that thing,
0: but it and flings then, you around in there. Yeah, yeah,
1: terrifying. I never do
0: that. I don't think I would either. It seems like a surefire way of stacking it from five meters I, up. I
1: used to teach a, a lo- I used to teach people wakeboarding, water skiing in my younger days, and I've had enough experience of face planting straight onto water, which feels like concrete. I don't know why I'd want to be twelve foot in the air when I did it.
0: Yeah, I used to do rock climbing and you deep water soloing, and you'd climb up over an overhang, and then yeah, if you missed it, you'd concept. go into the ground. But yeah, if you missed it and belly flopped. Ooh. So if you do that on a flyboard and you do it from the water, that's painful enough. If you do it from a flyboard air and you've got a weight strapped to you and you've just stacked it from 20 metres up, then I cannot imagine it's pretty pleasant.
1: It's going to be used by by playboys and, and the rich, as you say. If we If we look at it that way, and I say the rich in a very derogatory term, and I don't mean to, but it's going to become a holiday thing. Would you like to have a go on an airboard?
0: Yeah, I think so. Who knows? I mean, I'm quite interested to see how this personal aerospace, aeronautics um, shapes up. Because Frankie isn't alone. There is also an English inventor called Richard Browning who has developed a jet suit that flies in a similar way, but the jets are on your hands instead of your feet.
1: Is that better?
0: Which begs the question, would you rather fly by your hands or would you rather fly by your feet?
1: Is there a third option? Can I go in an aeroplane? You can walk. (laughs) Um... I think overall I'd probably choose the feet. I don't, I as much as okay, your arm, if your arms went, if you got tired and your arms went up, that would be very scary.
0: Well, it'd power you into the ground exactly. incredibly quickly. So I
1: think if you're on your feet and there's a stabiliser on it, that seems a lot more sensible in my
0: mind. Yeah, but then I'm so bad at skateboarding, snowboarding. I've never tried surfing, but I'd be pretty bad at that as well. So mm. anything that's strapped to my feet in that, like, as one board... I'm, I'm out of so I'm, I'm going to okay. back Richard on this one and uh, wait for his product to come out we'll race each other sounds great that sounds good stay tuned for an upcoming episode <laughs> Jamie and Matt race each other with different flyboards a
1: Cross into the water. Inside the water. Um, okay, let's let's talk about a bit of finance then, because we try and explain explain something? Um, what are you gonna quiz me with? Is it do you say merchant cash advances That is right.
0: So for those mm. of you who have not heard our podcast before, every episode we talk a little bit about business finance and try to explain a complex topic. I usually try to pick the most difficult things and then uh, throw Thank it you. to Matt to stump him. This one I think is a little bit of a, a softball, if yeah. I'm honest. It's yeah. not that difficult, but Matt, what's
1: a Merchant Cash Advance? Okay, so Merchant Cash Advance, first thing, it's a way to borrow money as a business. Um, It's a borrowing type uh, that's based around your credit card takings. Right. So if you take credit debit card in the business, you have a chip and PIN machine or an e-terminal or a payment payment gateway on your website, you can get a Merchant Cash Advance. um, And effectively, it just then lends you the money over about five to six months so You can carry out whatever plans you need the funds for and then pay it back to the provider.
0: Great, so it's a monetary advance whereby you pay off what you've been advanced through credit and debit card sales. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, normally, the way they would uh, make the way a provider would charge it is that they will look at your average takings over three to six months, uh, work out the, the monthly average, and lend a percentage of that to you. They would at that point, say, right, okay, here's how much we can lend you. We're going to apply a fixed charge of X percent to that money, and that's the amount you're going to pay back. So that those two figures don't change, the amount you borrow and the amount you re- repay. And the way they reclaim it is, is the, probably the cleverest part of the facility, is that they'll take it through your future car payments as a percentage.
0: Is that the main advantage? This is the main selling point that people look for?
1: I'd say typically it's one of them. Um, it effectively if you or your business is really doing well from the borrowing, you know, you've used it for a refurbishment, you're seeing an uptake in sales, you're gonna be paying back a bit more through your card machine. And that percentage means you're gonna be paying back a, a bit more at the time. Equally though, if your payment or your sales drop, you're gonna pay back less because it's always that fixed percentage of your sales. So it's very flexible in terms of covering seasonality in the business.
0: But you're still paying interest if you have to pay it over a longer time? Does interest accumulate? No, so
1: it's so that fixed charge. They've already oh, agreed how much you are pay great. back, so you're not accumulating extra. So if it takes longer, it takes longer.
0: Okay, that's that does seem quite useful. What, But what would the drawbacks be? Uh,
1: the drawbacks normally it's quite an expensive borrowing option. Um, this is changing. as The, the US is the, the forerunner, and they're the people that eventually those sort of rates will get over to the UK. Uh, but over the last few years, it's been quite a, a punchy, uh, lending option. And because it's over a five, six month period, uh, APR on it can, can look quite a lot if you look at it over a longer term. If you were also looking for something where it was over a longer term, it's definitely not a borrowing option for you.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, you've very succinctly answered that, I have to say. So I think that means that we need to throw you a harder question mm. coming up. In future episodes, which I think I need some help on this, uh, listeners. Anybody um, who has difficult questions for Matt, please send them in. Uh, just any email address, <laughs> other than I should specify difficult questions related to business finance. Let's <laughs> not just like how old are you?
1: Um, <laughs> twenty-one. Always twenty-one. That's the correct answer every time. <laughs> yes, sure. Any
0: questions about business finance, please send them in at podcast at iwaka.co.uk. Which brings us, sadly, to our last section. God, it's flown by. It has, hasn't it? This is called Brilliant or Bonkers, where we look at inspirational business quotes from historical figures and captains of industry, and we try to decide whether in the context of a small business owner, they are brilliant or bonkers. What quote have you got for us, Matt? Ooh, I'm
1: starting off with, I'm going to throw into the mix, Henry Ford. Okay, Henry so, Ford. innovator in automation and yeah. automotive. Uh, he made cars. That's it, yes, exactly that. So, Henry Ford's quote I think is brilliant, um, you're probably going to disagree, is, uh, don't find fault, find a remedy, anyone can complain. Okay, why do you like this one? I like it because it's pragmatic and it gives you uh, a way of doing things without actually moaning and just sitting there and nothing gets fixed. Mm. So, because he was the inventor of the factory line, wasn't he? Well, to a point, yes. So I think before Henry Ford, was the car was had been around for a while, um, but when Ford came along, he effectively made it an affordable option for people to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, before then, it would, had been reserved for the, the super rich and the absolutely wacky people who were building their own. Ford came along and said, okay, let's simplify the process started introducing the first amount or first piece of automation into the, the factory line and then started churning out cars that are affordable and that people can actually buy. Um, so effectively he did. He sat there and went, okay, there's a problem here and found a solution. And that was it. Brilliant. Away you went.
0: That's amazing. I mean, when they fir- the first cars came out, you had to have someone walk in front of it, didn't they? Because they believed in the that UK, the UK. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes, he did. So it had to be walking speed. So you were at the same speed as horse and cart and pedestrians. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they thought the human body can withstand great speeds, you'd have a heart attack, (laughs) which seems like people who were finding a fault in driving rather Mm. than, say, good old Henry who saw an
1: opportunity. Exactly that. So what's your verdict? Well, as I say, I I think this one's brilliant. Um, I'm not always a fan of saying things like like visionary because effectively he was a businessman that saw a niche, uh, saw an untapped segment of the market and took advantage of it and Create something fantastic that's become a multi-billion-dollar industry. Um, yeah, overall for that, for the actual the quote itself, brilliant.
0: I um, will agree with you. I think brilliant is a good exponent. Is a good analogy. Brilliant's not an analogy. Brilliant, say no. What what is brilliant? A word. A word. Yeah, brilliant's a good <laughs> word to describe this quote. <laughs> Because, yes, it's all too easy to pick apart things, but it's, very, it's a lot harder to actually figure out a solution for them, which is why half the world's in the state that it is now. Really happy? Yes, and the other half's not. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> well, what have you got, Jamie? Who are you bringing to the
0: table? I am bringing Eleanor Ro- Oh, say that again. I am bringing Eleanor Roosevelt. And the quote is thus. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people.
1: very very general like generalistic isn't it It just pigeonholes people straight away
0: yes i the reason i chose this is it it ties into what we were talking about earlier with small businesses and what makes a good small business a good Mm. anything right and eleanor is kind of saying that well it's great ideas it's great great minds great ideas these are the things that um are what greatness is built on and i don't think that's true that pigeonholes everybody in society through to who who is great in inverted commas Mm -hmm. as like the Steve Jobs of the world they have to come up with something completely revolutionary something that breaks the mould and I don't think that that's necessarily true, I don't think that good ideas on their own can exist, you need to have an understanding of events and you have to have an understanding of people, if you can't manage a team and you can't talk about people and their relative um, strengths and weaknesses then how are you ever going to get anything done
1: well, that as well. And just think about it. You know, what are the psychiatrists going to do, and all the sports critics? The sports critic? Yeah,
0: I'm going to have to explain that one. I don't watch sport.
1: Were they discussing events,
0: Jamie? Ah, like a match. I <laughs> really don't watch sports. Like sport, do is that the format?
1: That's generally the format. <laughs> a, an event occurs, and then we discuss it. Well, my friend, what is happening to you today? But no, oh, in, in seriousness.
0: Yes, in seriousness, I think that it slightly misses the point. I think that you can um, you can have a love for Plato or you want in like ancient Rome or somewhere, mm. but if um, if the barbarians are, at- are attacking your city, you're talking about events, you're talking about tactics, you're talking about people, and that's. Where I think greatness can also come from. Yeah, you
1: need to have an, a concept of the all three as opposed to solely one.
0: Especially in the context of a small business. If you just mm. focus on the idea and you're pie in the sky, I don't think it's going to work. Okay, so, so your verdict? For this, I'm sorry, Ellie, but it's bonkers for small businesses. Oh, I think it's bonkers
1: too. And I'm surprised, actually, because uh, Ellie, Rose, well, Ellie Rosenberg, like I know her, Ellen Rosenberg, <laughs> she had some much better quotes, in my opinion. Did I just not look very far down the list? I, don't, I, <laughs> I know you didn't choose me on that basis. Um, but I think what was the, one of the, my favourites is, uh, who is it? You must do the things you think you cannot do. Oh, that's a nice one. See, I quite like that. That's. that's um, or do one thing a day that scares you is another one, I guess.
0: That I find a little bit cliche. Do you? Yeah, I think it, it's... I look in the mirror once a day, that's generally mine. Yeah, I look at you, so I guess that's also <laughs> scaring it. Yeah. But no, thanks, mate. You've rounded it off with a nice note rather than finishing on a bonkers, depressing one. So I think we'll end it there on an uplifting. Try things that you've never tried doing before. Go do it. Discuss people all you like. Discuss events all you like. And just keep on running it. Like Run your business. Keep going. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week.